0: Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Psalms 37, we're talking about the heart. We got over into some things about worship. We determined last week that actually what true worship is, is your life given to God. That that makes everything your worship. Your giving, your your prayer, your your intercession, your study of the word, coming to church. Every dimension of that which you give unto the Lord is your worship. And let me tell you something. You cannot worship too much. Amen. Amen? So, Pastor, I'm going to pray all day long, read the word. That's good. You do what God tells you to do. But you can't overdo it. Always remember this about spiritual things also. They do not wear out. They get stronger with the using. The more you pray, the stronger you get in prayer. The more you study the Word, the more apt you are in the Word. Uh, listen, the more you worship God, the stronger worship gets in you. The more you praise Him, the stronger praise gets you. You can't wear out spiritual things. They're not made of corruptible things, they're made of eternal things. We saw last week also that there are elements to worship. You have to have your love, your consecration, there's sacrifice, obedience. A lot of people, they, say, they love God. I love God. I love God. But then when it comes to obedience, the numbers begin to drop. When it comes to sacrifice, they get even less. Make a decision in your life, I'm going to be willing to love God, to obey God, and to sacrifice my life to God. Now listen, I don't know about you, but, but I had, there were some years I had control of my life. I don't know if you ever had control of your life when that means you were calling all the shots, you were doing, making all the decisions. It, it, it just made a mess out of everything. I mean, it made a total mess out of everything. And little by little... When I came back to the Lord, I began to learn how to relinquish that control unto God, unto His Word, unto the Spirit of God, unto the calling of God, unto the information I was getting. And I recognized and realized that just loving God wasn't enough. I had to be willing to obey God, and I had to be willing to sacrifice. And if I was willing to do that, then God could come in His fullness and begin to bring blessing. The first thing God really began to bless me with was was insight into direction. You say, what does that mean? That means which way to go and how to go that way. Amen? I could tell you a way to go to Hawaii. I could say, you know, the best way to go to Hawaii is go to the West Coast and just keep on going. And if you go long enough, you'll find these little islands out there. But there are ways to go, and there are some ways that are better than others. I think it'd be an adventure to sail a ship over there or something, but I'd rather take a plane. So there's a way to go, amen, and a place to go. Everybody say, a way to go, amen. and a place to go. Now, Psalms 37, let me, just for a few minutes this morning, I'm just going to start in verse 1 because it's, it's such a good psalm. It says, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, and so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily shalt thou be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Excuse me, and he shall bring it to past. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light. Now let me just, right there in that scripture, he shall bring forth thy righteousness as light. What does that mean? When the, when, the, when the terminology in the King James, I'm going to read another translation in just a moment. But he says, I'm going to bring forth your righteousness. Now what, what do we understand righteousness to be? We understand it in its simplistic form. Righteousness to be our right standing with God. We have a right standing with God through the finished work of Jesus Christ. Not by anything we've done. Not by anything we've, uh, you know, some pious act, some holy act. No, no. It is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that has cleansed cleansed us and made us right with God or righteous. Now God wants to show forth that. You say, what do you mean? God wants to show the world that you have that standing with Him. There are things in life only His favor can produce for you. If you're attacked with sickness and disease, there are things that, 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 that His healing power it can only do for you. And let me just say this. Not only does healing power get you healed, healing power may help you go through a situation in which you have to have treatment or take medication. But His healing power will be working in your body the whole time. Amen. Can I get a better amen than that? Amen. I mean, that's been one of the biggest criticisms of people that actually teach faith when it comes to healing. is oh, all you faith people don't believe in medicine. That's not true. I've had to take prescriptions. I've had to have surgery. I've had to go to doctors. And the good news is, the whole time I had to take prescriptions, the whole time I had to have treatment, God was working, helping to get me healed. Amen. 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 Not only that, financially, you think about all the things God wants to take and throw you out there in the middle of all, so all the dark world can see the light in your life. Light in your health. Light in your decisions. Light in your finances. Light in all that you do. Then the last one says this. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospers in his ways, because of the men who bring wicked devices to pass. Now let me read this. i gonna read this in my, in my Passion Bible. I sure have like, been like like reading this. I like how it reads. Listen to this. Verse 1 says, Don't follow after wicked ones, or be jealous of their wealth. You ever, you ever just kind of fantasized as you were watching the news or a program you saw somebody with sixty billion dollars, you think, what can I just what could I do with sixty billion dollars? Well you probably end up worrying a lot. Hey, Amen. No, don't 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 get jealous of their wealth. Now listen to this. Listen to this. Don't think for a moment they're better off than you. Now let me try that again. People say, now that's just crazy. I'm telling you, I'm down here just trying to pay the rent and put five dollars worth of gas in my uh, in my old beat up car. And you're up talking about people who they've got all kind of money and I'm better off than them. You're better off. Amen. I said you're better off. Amen. You've got God in your life. You've got God in your heart. All they've got is their money. I saw a deal on the, uh, you know, the stock market lost all these points last week. Trillions of dollars. Just, just there were blips in computers. we are just gone. Just gone. Where'd it go? I don't know. Most people don't even know where it came from. Amen? Don't fret because of that. You say, why? God is Jehovah Jireh. He is our provider. Yes. Listen, if He can make a way for two million people in the wilderness where there were no Walmarts, no Kroger's, no Walgreens, no Jack in the Box, no Guidos, no Cabela's, no nothing. I better be careful. i get myself excited. They and their short lived success will soon be shriveled up and quickly fade away like grass clippings in the hot sun. That's what the Bible says. Amen. Keep trusting in the Lord and do what is right in His eyes. Fix your heart on the promises of God and you will be secure feasting on His faithfulness. <laughs> Come on, church feasting on His faithfulness. That means you're partaking, 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 partaking. Now, now listen, there's a difference between a meal and a feast. Someone we knew years ago got married. I forget who it was. Somebody got married and we ended up at, at, at uh, NIFA's in Houston when they had that big building up on, the, up on I-45. That may date me because it's been several years ago. And whoever whosoever wedding it was or reception it was, they ordered these trays of food. And they were, they, they had everything. They had shrimp, they had chicken fajitas, beef fajitas, they had every, all kinds of peppers, they had kind. And we feasted and feasted and feasted. And a good, good friend of ours, Wally Hamilton, the pastor's up here on the mainland, he was associate pastor at the church at the time and we were both in, and I looked across at him, he had this look on his face. <laughs> I said, Wally, what's wrong? He says, I may have went too far. Because <laughs> I hadn't brought out the soap of peas and honey yet, you know. <laughs> but feasting is not the number seven at Whataburger. <laughs> A lot of people, listen, they get, they get satisfied with that. But listen, if we can feast, if we can feast... On the faithfulness of God, that means God has set a banquet to feast on. Come on, church. There's a basket to, I mean a banquet to feast on because He set the table. The Bible says that He has set a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Psalm 23. You've got to sit down and eat. You've got to sit down and partake. Oh, hallelujah. Fix your heart on the promises of God and you will be secure, feasting on His faithfulness. Make God the utmost delight and pleasure of your life, and He will provide, you, provide for you what you desire the most. Give God the right to direct your life. Whoa, could we get off on that for a few minutes? And as you trust Him along the way, you will find He pulled it off perfectly. Come on, church. He's pulled it off. I like, how many know the two, two words God doesn't know? Anybody remember? God doesn't know the words, uh oh. He doesn't look at your life and go, uh oh, oh, man. I can't believe down there in Galveston, you mean that's actually what's going on? Jesus, what are we going to do about this? God never says, uh oh. He's already made provision, He's already pulled it off. I better not read very many more of these. You get... He will appear. As your righteousness, as sure as the dawning of a new day, He will manifest as your justice, as sure and strong as the noonday sun. Quiet your heart in His presence and pray. You say, what does that mean? That means you're going to have to come to a place in your life where you're so trusting in God that your heart is so delighted in Him that you know the way God is taking you, what God is doing, all that God is is in your life is literally working to manifest His righteousness in you so that when people see you in the darkness of life, they look at you as children of light. You know, Jesus said, don't let your light be hidden. Don't put it under a bushel. Don't hide it. I believe many times when we walk around in society and people see us and interact with us, they really don't know we're Christians until we tell them. Shouldn't be so. Shouldn't be so. You say, why? People ought to pick it up within about three seconds of communicating with you, of talking with you, of being around you. Listen, you need to be carrying such a presence. You need to be carrying such a purpose in your life. You need to be carrying such an anointing that when you get around people, they automatically know. It's amazing when people, listen, people that just barely know you. I had a guy a couple of weeks ago just walk up to me and start talking to me about how bad his back hurt knowing who I was. Now, how many people you think he walked up to and said, man, I'll tell you, my back's really, really hurt. This guy really works. He's, he, this guy's a hard-working guy. He works very hard in a very, uh, in a very strenuous industry. And I guarantee you, I'm not the first person he told he had a hurt back. But when he came to me and said, I was standing right in a little driveway of a, of a, of a lodge and was loading my truck. When he came to me and said, you know, man, I'll tell you, I've really got a hurt back. And he did it like this. He says, i tell you, my back's really been hurt. And then he bowed his head. Now that ain't a hard one to figure out. <laughs> I thought, oh my God, I mean, there were men walking by me, people. I just lay, I laid my hand on his chest and on his back, and I, get, I begin to pray just like I would down here at the altar. Father, I thank you for your healing virtue. Come upon this man right now. I rebuke the pain, I rebuke the discomfort. I speak to his vertebrae and his, his muscles, every part of his back and down, and I could, I could see him doing this. I could see him doing that. You say, what was he doing? There was an angel that was working on his back. Amen. And when I finished praying, he looked up and went, thank you. <laughs> I said, don't thank me. I didn't do anything. Thank God. He's the one. That do- That's your righteousness shining forth. Amen. 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 My goodness. I'll tell you what. I'm just too drunk really to do much else. <laughs> i tell you, I mean to tell you. Woo! Thank God. What was I going to do next? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's already 12. Y'all got about eight minutes. Let's do this. Matthew 15. Glory to God. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Talking about worship, talking about our hearts, delight ourselves in the Lord. One translation I read several years ago. I'm still looking for that translation. I remember when I read it, it said, become pliable in the hands of God. And then you will know that every desire that arrives in your heart is of Him. And that what he want, and, it is, and it is that which He wants to bring to pass in your life. That's a powerful translation. Matthew chapter 15. Real quick, quickly. Verse 21. Then Jesus went thence and departed to the coast of Tyre and Sidon. Behold, a woman of Cana came out of the same coast and cried unto Him, saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, Thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Now, I was reading some commentaries and some things. You know, we hear that, and, and here in our English language, I guess in other translations, different Bibles, it really doesn't carry the weight of the situation. Now, when you think about demonic possession, which a lot of people don't understand that 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 level of demonic possession that, that is this level is rare. It's rare. Dr. Lester Summerall was a man of God back in the last century that Lee and I were acquainted with, were in several meetings with, and he, uh, many of our, our, our uh, church family that, uh, from the Philippine Islands know the story of the woman in the prison in Manila who was, who was literally possessed by a devil, who literally controlled the whole jail with her demonic possession. Literally there was a there was a jailer that because she would have these outbursts and, and think she would go crazy and do all kinds of... And there were things that, that are not written in books and not told that Brother Summerall told us personally that I was just... I, I was like... I, it, was, it was unbelievable the manifestation of the demonic that was taking place. She would reach and, and writhe and, 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 and squirm on the floor and scream out in pain. And her fists would be clenched and then they'd get her calm down a little bit, give her drugs to calm her down. And her, and her, and her hands would open up and there'd be black hair, black all in her hand. And they got it and they examined it and they could only determine it was of an unknown origin. That, that, that's how powerful that demon was manifesting. But see, God spoke to Dr. Summerall, said fast three days and three nights. Go and deliver that woman of that demon. He, did, he went and did it. He said, I'm telling you, when I walked into that prison, you could hear that demon screaming. But he said, when I got finished, that woman was totally delivered, totally set free. He kept up with her over the years. She served God, went to a church there in Manila. But it caused revival to break out all over the Philippine Islands. All over the Philippine Islands. Now listen, this young girl, that's the condition she's in. She's got this demon that has possessed her. It's in her body. The Bible says vexed. That means there's physical Manifestations of this demon, throwing her on the ground or or of her cutting yourself or running into walls or doing something to try to kill or destroy yourself. Many times a human being will try to do that, just trying to get loose from that demon because it's so tormenting. Now here comes this woman, and she's watching her daughter go. Now, what parent would not go to the ends of the world and do whatever it took? Do you think she had a desire in her heart to see her, her daughter delivered? Oh my goodness. Many times the circumstance or the situation will create the desire. Especially when it comes into the dimension of that which God has already provided for us. The desire to be healed, that's only human. The desire to be blessed, that's only human. God gives us those desires to walk out His plan and will in our life. This woman desired her child to be healed. She's vexed with the devil. She comes to Jesus. Now notice this. Calls Him Lord. Calls him son of David. She had an idea of who he was. Talked about her daughter being... But it says this, But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. Now I did some studying that, because every time I would teach that, I would teach it from this standpoint, of of him, you know, of Jesus just kind of standing there, not saying anything, and the disciples kind of acting as ushers. and Kind of like saying, You know, this woman's driving us up the wall. Jesus, tell her to get out of here. That's not what happened. I did some study, did some research. What happened was this. They she came to the disciples first and said, help me, do something to help me. Help this, help me to get this devil off of my daughter. And they couldn't do anything about it. And when when they when they came to G when she came to Jesus with it, they thought because that they could not do anything about it, he couldn't do anything about it. That's why they were saying, send her away. It's gonna be an embarrassment not going to get delivered, not going to get healed. It's going to be... Let me tell you something. Nothing is impossible with God. But you've got to have such a strong desire in you that you make a decision. I'm not going to be denied. I'm not going to die with this disease. I'm not going to die with this addiction. I'm not going to go down the drains financially. I'm not going to go bankrupt. You've got to dig your heels in and you've got to make a decision that the desire on the inside of you to be free from whatever it is the enemy's trying to do to your life is so much stronger than what he's trying to do that God's going to intervene and you're going to get your miracle. That's what's in your heart. This is part of your worship. Watch, watch this. This is interesting. Jesus answered and not his word. Disciples came, sought him, Send her away, for she cries after us. He answered and said, I'm not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now notice, he did not say no. Amen? He did not say no. It says, I'm not sent, but unto the lost tribe of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Now that word in there, worship, is that word that we saw last week, this abandonment of oneself. Actually, it's like this. Jesus... Whatever you want from me, I give it to you. She worshiped. She worshiped. Now listen, there are times when you don't understand God. You don't understand why things are happening the way they are. You don't understand why things are going the way they're going. You don't understand how to get out of what you're what's going on in your life. That's when you must worship God with abandonment. Amen. I used to get real critical of people that in the crisis of life, they would really get on fire for God. I mean, you know, in the crisis of life, they, make, they were giving and tithing, and they were never prayer meeting and never serve, And then they got a miracle, and it seemed like they cooled down. I used to be critical of those people. I'm not anymore. Because I understood, or I understand now, there's an effort in righteousness many times to get delivered from things that you've got to go to that next level. You've got to get up there and do things you've never done before. Give like you've never given. Pray like you've never prayed. Study the Word like you've never studied the Word. You've got to do something you've never done before to break through and get the victory that you need. Now, the worship, this is where I wanted to get this morning. Let me close my Bible so you know I'm quitting. Everybody knows that's not true, right? The worship part of this. Here is a key that I want you to get this morning. You say, "Now, now, Pastor, define worship. Worship is what you give God. What what, what will you give? Some of you, the extent of your worship is to come to church for an hour and a half. That's good. That's good. you got something to build on. Some of you, you come twice a week. Some of you come to every meeting. It doesn't matter. Whatever you have, don't belittle what you have. Build, Build on it. Just build on it. Just build on it. Amen? Worship. When she worshiped, it put her heart On a frequency. That's the only word I've ever been able to come up with. You say, now what do you mean by that? Frequencies are unique things. I'm sure there are engineers, there are people here that know so much more than I know about. Sound, audio, frequencies. But listen, the truth is, in this building, there are all kinds of frequencies. Every one of you that have a cell phone in your pocket or in your purse, there's a frequency connected to that cell phone. According to that frequency, you communicate with a certain group of people. Amen? You'll get texts, you'll get emails, you'll get phone calls. Information will be exchanged. You're on that frequency. But you know, also in here, there's an enormous amount of entertainment frequency. If we had DISH, or or what are some of the other ones? We had Comcast, we had any of the satellite providers, we could hook up a cable or a satellite, and you would see in this room right now is is a news program playing. In this room right now is a sports event going on. In this room right now is an old western playing. In this room right now is a cooking show. There's all kinds of information and entertainment going on right now. All you got to do is have the right receptacle and be on the right frequency. Now there is a frequency of the kingdom. That's where God is speaking. That's where God is moving. That's where God is working. That's where God is active. That's where God is tangible. And listen, it is a fight to get on that frequency. You're going to have to get rid of self. You're going to have to get pride out of your heart. You're going to have to get all the negative things the enemy tries to use to get you off of God's frequency. Because on God... Now listen to me. On God's frequency, if you can hear what He says, people that are not on that frequency and do not hear what He says... They wonder what in the world you're doing. They're like, oh, what are you doing? People that tithe, what are you doing giving 10% of your income? Are you out of your mind? Don't you know that could go into, 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 yeah, into Wall Street? <laughs> I could go into a 401k, you could buy an ounce of gold, you could do this or that. But see, you're on this other frequency that says, the devourer is rebuked. You're on this other frequency that says, God will open the windows of heaven. You're on this other frequency that says, I'll pour out a blessing, which you won't live enough years on the earth to contain. There's another frequency that says, your seed will not cast itself before its time in the field. There's another frequency that's speaking, there's another frequency that's communicating, and as long as you stay on that frequency, then there's going to be a transmission. I hope you got that. Because God did not set up the frequency not to transmit. He set it up to transmit. So here's this woman. She's worshiping God. She's tuning tuning her heart. See, that's what it'll do. Listen, you can have a heart change in a second. You can have a heart change in a moment. She's tuning her heart, tuning her heart, tuning her heart, tuning her heart. Then the next thing Jesus says, he says, well, you know, hmm, it's not meat to take the children's bread and give it to dogs. I've never I've always noticed religious people never never use that scripture. There's two scriptures they never use. They never use this one and they never use the one in John chapter 5 where the man was laying by the miracle pool and Jesus said to him, "Will you be made whole?" They don't like that because that puts the responsibility on us. Religion wants to control you. Religion wants to hold you. Religion wants to tell you, "Well, you're the only way you're going to get to God is through us." But God says, "The only way you're going to get to God's through me." Through Jesus, the living one, the righteous one. So all of a sudden, here she is, and she hears, it's not meat, it's not right, it's not an able thing to do, to take the children's bread or provision and give it to dogs. Well, right there, if you're not on the right frequency, what are you going to say? What an insult. Hey, did you just hear that preacher call that woman a dog? I think I did. He didn't. He didn't call her a dog. What did he do? He gave her her answer. See, a lot of people don't see it like that. Now, wait a second. Jesus said, it's not meat to take the children's bread. What was the children's bread? Healing. Belonged to Israel. Covenant right. From the law and from Abraham. He is, he was Jehovah Rapha, the the God that heals. I'll take, I'll bless your bread and water. I'll take all sickness and uh, symptoms from the midst of you. Amen. That's God's promise to Israel. Now wait a second. He just called her a dog? No, he didn't call her a dog. He gave her an answer. He gave her an answer. Just, Just hold on. Just, what did we just read in Psalm 37? Just get quiet before the Lord and pray. And get on His frequency. Because when he said that, what did she do? She went, "Uh uh-oh. Did I just hear what I thought I heard? Did I just get my miracle? Did I just get my miracle? Nobody's running. Nobody's shouting. Nobody's dancing. Everybody's looking at me to see if I'm going to turn around and walk out the back door. But I just got my miracle. So she responded with this. "Yay, Lord. But even the puppies... Eat from the bread that falls from the master's table. Just take it, take it from what she said. What was she saying? Just need a bite. Just need a piece. Not looking for something big, grandiose. All I need is my daughter delivered. And Jesus turned to her and said, Great is your faith. Be it unto you, according as you have believed. Now listen, I went and was studying just a few chapters back the other way. Peter, James, and John, they're all in the boat. And they're told to go across to the other side without Jesus. He's not with them. He goes up into a mountain and he prays. And as they go across, they get into a storm. Seems like they always got into a storm every time they tried to cross the the lake. Now in this storm, Jesus came out there and started walking on the water. Jesus is out there. He's just I guess he's going to walk right by them. And as he's walking by them, they start freaking out. They thought it was a spirit. They start freaking out. And then somebody says, it's Jesus. And Peter says, it's Jesus. Bid me to get out of the boat and walk on the water. You ever read that? The Bible says Jesus got out of the boat. Excuse me, that Peter got out of the boat. I was reading it yesterday. Peter got out of the boat and what? And what? And did what? And walked on the water. Peter's walking on the water. Now what is that? It's impossible. He's walking on the water. Then all of a sudden... He sees the wind boisterous. He sees the waves and beginning to sink. He cries out. And Jesus lifted him up, I guess put him back in the boat, and the the sea was calm. Jesus stilled the storm. It was over. The Bible says, then they worshiped him. Then they worshiped him. Then they were. And here's what Jesus said Oh, ye of little faith! He wasn't commending their worship. And he wasn't commending Peter for walking on the water. He called Peter someone of little faith. And little faith empowered him to walk on the water. He just got on the right frequency for a few minutes. And their worship was what? Post-miracle. They said, now we know you're the Son of God. I guess we'll worship you. And that's literally the worship of many people. Okay, Lord. You give me that miracle and I'll worship you. You give me that breakthrough and I'll worship you. But the real frequency of God says this. Worship me and I'll give you that miracle. Worship me and I'll give you that breakthrough. Abandon yourself unto me. Pick up the three components of love, obedience, and sacrifice. Add that to your worship and step into the things of God and you'll be amazed at the breakthroughs that will come to your life as long as you stay on that right frequency. That only worship can put you on. Amen? Father, we thank you today for your goodness, your mercy, your grace, your kindness. Lord, where our faith is operational, thank you that grace is powerful. Where we make mistakes, thank you your mercy delivers us out of all that we've imposed upon ourselves. Thank you, Father, this morning as we leave, We are kept safe and protected because of your word we declare no evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us and we thank you Lord whether we travel on the highways, the airways, the seaways, the railways or any other way of travel or transportation. We're protected. We're kept safe. The righteous labor of our hands, Lord you've given Men and women, you've given them businesses, jobs. You've given them investments. You've given them all kinds of activity to be involved in. There's education that's taking place. We have teachers. We have students. Father, in all of our interaction out here in the world, where there's demons in danger, where there's evil men with evil plans and the devil himself, we declare we abide under the shadow of the Most High. Kept from accidents, kept from trauma, kept from terror, and that which the enemy would try to impose upon people. Thank you, Father, for your overwhelming love toward us. Thank you for that door of utterance. Let us be light, let us be life, let us go forth into the world carrying the name of Jesus, bearing his name, thanking you for all his goodness. Father, we also thank you we leave today we're able to declare our love to you. How much we thank you. How much we love you. How much we glorify your name. We thank you for our church that we can walk in love one toward another. And we thank you Father that as we leave this place we have the knowledge that we are the ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. Thank you Father here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the holy.